Hello everyone, it's episode 202 of G.I. Joburg, and today we answer the age-old question, if I was a cobra... <laughs> no, 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 Would it be a bad one? Would it be a good one? Would it be a night viper? <laughs> Very good, Rob. Uh, unplugged, uncorked, uncensored, it's Robert, everyone. <laughs> hello, hello. And we're not alone. Who we got? We got me in the house, it's Paul, and we're joined by a special guest today in the form of... Dustin! Yeah! yeah. Woo! Long-time listeners of G.I. Joburg might recall that Dustin uh, guested with us probably about a year ago now, Dustin. Jeez. Yeah, about that. But it's a year that, I mean, the interview with you notwithstanding, I'm sure we'd rather forget all about. So, to refresh everyone's memory, Dustin is very much taken up with the... Uh, the play motion concept of, of portraying his stories with G.I. Joe. Uh, and he has a YouTube channel, which he features them on. But he's also debuted some of his stuff on G.I. Joeberg. Cold Armor being uh, a premiere that we did this time last year. If you haven't checked it out, I suggest you do. The link will be in the description to this podcast. And it tells the story of an Astro Viper and a Techno Viper doing something nefarious in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. very good. but that really is just the tip of the iceberg uh i've always been a very big fan of your head canon when it comes to gi joe because it is very well considered and dustin we've enlisted your aid today to answer the important questions the age-old questions the burning questions the searing questions like if you were a cobra recruit what color would your uniform be and that's <laughs> that's how this all started because um, he put up this cool post and I saw everybody answering and they were like, oh, this kind of, that kind of like stuff. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I want to reply to this, but I was working. And then I had a gap <laughs> and then I let it spill. <laughs> so I went, I went far. And then at the very end, I decided, oh yeah, that's what color they would wear. <laughs> and then it got me thinking like, this should be a podcast topic. And then Steven was like, Hey, we should. What what's our topic for this weekend? And I'm like, I know what I'm gonna make it. <laughs> it's gonna be that. <laughs> We're gonna get the man. But gentlemen, in terms of a new shit section, I'd like to pick Dustin's brand immediately, and yes. uh, I just want to flash something up on screen. That can you all see that? Oh, oh, oh! All right, I saw this. Oh. It's gorgeous. What the hell, Dustin? What is this? <laughs> yeah, that's joy toy. Anyone listening to this and not privy to the visuals, we're talking about the 118 Joy Toy Building Depot Monitoring Area Military Model. Basically a really cool dio piece that looks like a factory or a, I don't know, like an oil rig. It's got walkways and a staircase and various bits and bobs and railings and greeblies. And I had recently dropped my pre-orders on those. Yeah, <laughs> they're, uh, I... I've seen them on eBay and they were like upwards of about, I think seven, around $70 for, for one. I got two wow. I found on Amazon for a good bit less. I think around the $50 mark. I think there were, it was about a hundred dollars for both, but uh, wow, cause that's great, dude. Cause HLJ has them for like $40, 40 or $50 each. Cause there's like a configuration a and a configuration B of this. So 
Yeah. That's they're, amazing. That's hmm. they're they're nice, but they're not uh they're not readily modular. Like you can take them apart once you get them together, but they're it's so you gotta be really careful. Yeah, very careful with them. Hmm. But I've because I, I have some other things on uh I saw another set i can't remember off the top of my head i should have wrote them down previous what they were on big bad toy store that have been they were supposed to originally deliver in in march when they were up for pre-order before that but here it is june and still waiting for them so i don't mm -hmm. know what the issue is with those but i've been really looking for and i also went in on uh rage and spoons kickstarter for their second complex Oh, yeah. And, but those are, those are going to be delivered whenever they're delivered. I mean, they mm. got to go through the whole production process and everything. But, uh, yeah, I've been really looking forward to a, uh, like an environment like this. Mm. Oh, it's great. And who is occupying the screen right now? Who's that yeah, guy? That's, a... that's shipwreck. Uh -huh. Tactical shipwreck. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm seeing shockwave lower legs or well, shockwave legs, ha. Uh, shipwrecks arms. And you've done something interesting with the vest. It's low lights, but you've painted the, the red shoulder portion uh, blue. Yeah. Nice works. Wow. Of course, you've taken the teacup hat and uh, made it a tactical beanie. So wetsuit <laughs> wetsuit <laughs> shipwreck is looking very navy seal at this point i take it this is after he did his, his stint with the seals yeah nice but he's not alone seems like this joy toy set uh, has some nice nooks and crannies for a little sneak attack <laughs> <laughs> because waiting in the shadows beneath the stairwell it's none other than the cobra saboteur firefly who may or may not be good at his job. Yeah, we have yet <laughs> yeah. to discover. Yeah. Um, it's a very detailed set. Is there actually like paint applications on it or is it? Yeah, it's nice? it's it's very weathered. It, it nice. looks like a, a very well-used environment. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, those, I think those, I think those are uh, like the gray racks right there you can see on the bottom and the and the little pegs on the white wall. Those are all supposed like those are supposed to be for like it's like a weapons rack. Mm, excellent. But I don't. I have not had it long. I just got it Friday. I haven't fiddled around with it to see how well those work yet, though. So, well, you got a number of comments online wondering what the hell this is. So I think you've you've opened a lot of collectors' eyes to how cool these. Yeah, are. I've. I've not, uh, haven't had the chance to get any of the figures from Joy Toy. I've seen, I've, I've watched a couple reviews about them and they, like, they look great, but I've, I've heard of, and, and I think from the original production up until now, it seems like they've been, they've been addressing some of the issues some of the figures have, have had, but they have had a lot of, like, paint problems and fragility i think so mm. and they're they're like pretty pricey too so yeah that's that's the worst thing about them it's like they're like 40 or 50 dollars each and it's a mixed bag because 
Uh, I'm looking on BBTS and there's some that have got like armor and jetpacks and whatever, and they're like forty dollars. And then there's another one that's just like no armor, nothing. It's just like a dude, and he's also forty dollars. So yeah. I feel like their pricing is very unbalanced. And then they've got the set with three guys, and <laughs> Bart will know this. It's just like three guys in normal clothes, and they look cool. Like it's a cool stand-in for like Hawk and Cover Girl and whatnot. But that that set is like a hundred dollars, and I'm like, what? You could buy one of those cool mechs that they do for a hundred dollars. Why yeah. would you spend that yeah. on those three like derpy I've, figures? I've been no. looking at those, but uh, have you seen the vehicle <laughs> that they have? Which, Which one? The the mech that transforms into that little car, or like the bike? No, like the, cool bike it's thing. it's an actual. It looks like a uh, like a military MRAP sort of. Mm. I think it's around like the hundred and fifty dollar price point with but they it, it looks really good yeah i have i've seen i think i know which one you're talking about it is a pretty cool vehicle and then also just sorry on the on the topic of joy toy it looks like a lot of japanese companies are sort of or should i say japanese asian companies are starting to get into that scale now as well because i yeah. see um there's a line of gundam uh figures so they've done shaw and they've done some of the zionic uh military and then they've also done the earth federation military in that uh, joy toy style so similar um, articulation and very like um finely molded weapons and things but also like 40 dollars each and yeah. i feel they're taking the piss a little there to be honest because i mean we used to buy gi joe's for 15 dollars, and a lot of our modern era stuff still looks better than that stuff so yeah <laughs> so it's crazy, but uh, a part of me still is thinking about getting maybe getting Shaw, but forty dollars is like it's hurting. <laughs> I'd rather buy one of those cool dios that you showed now than than yeah. a shark. Then I can yeah. use it for play motion and stuff. So I'm on surveillanceport.com checking out that Joy Toy upcoming hardcore off-road vehicle. Mm -hmm. Jeez, this yeah. stuff is insane. I'm sorry <laughs> if 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 it was a couple of years ago, I would have. Yeah. I would have hemorrhaged my credit card on this. <laughs> it's yeah, these things are amazing. Yeah, they they do a really cool. good job. I mean, yeah, they, as you said, their pricing is really all over the place. But yeah, and then also like uh, uh, comparatively, you also get higher toys, or I don't know. I think that's how they want you to pronounce it as higher toys. But they yeah, they make the, like, cool <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. stuff we've had. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like you get the Xenomorph and the Eagle Watcher or the Predators if you prefer, and then you get the, and then they're doing like movie stuff. I think they've done some of the the Marines from Aliens, but I mean those are like hen's teeth to find. So good luck on those. Um, but yeah, they're also sort of in the mix. And then there's of course there's Acid Rain, who's been there for a long time. Uh, I would have Acid yeah. Rain. Acid Rain makes some amazing transformable um, mecha. Uh, in the in the one to eighteen scale, or should I say, one to eighteen four inch Joe scale, um, very very cool stuff. But also, you'll pay out of your ass. So, and I like the fact that they're not trying to be like Transformers and make these kind of flash perfect transformations. They're literally like, if it's a sort of a a, a vehicle, it's basically just a mech kind of hunched down. Yes. So yeah. so you know it just basically gets off its haunches and it's the mech. Um, which is a far more practical transformation than like these incredibly <laughs> technical, well thought out flash fitting panels that like make the truck into a 
perfect cartoon accurate rendition of Optimus Prime. Uh, but <laughs> like we're talking premium stuff at the moment, James. Uh, let's widen the scopes ever so slightly. Uh, any new shit this week? Like, Paul, has anything arrived? Dustin, <laughs> have you got anything other than this uh, this beautiful joy toy oil rig is what I'm going to call it? Yeah, it looks like I, the interior of an oil rig. I imagine that's what you're playing it as in that shot. Uh, any any type of industrial oh, type of factory. I was thinking naval. I was always thinking naval. Yeah. That, that's just because I mean, it's, in it. Yeah, it's very, very suitable for that, too. But I got a whole set of the Battle Force 2000 guys. I saw that. Hey. <laughs> hey. Nice. I was doing backflips in the chat, so I'm sure. Yeah, I've, I've, I think I had about half of them in, in various stages of completion, but these were actually, I think the only thing I was missing was Avalanche's microphone, which I already had, and I got, I think it was like 60 bucks for the whole set, so. With, oh, cool. file, with file cards, so. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't just a, a snap purchase on a whim. I'm sure you have a destiny in mind for these guys. Can you divulge? Uh, I actually, I don't, I've, Oh, I, I read you wrong, Dustin. I read you wrong. Yeah. I, now that I have them in hand and, and I'm actually able to like, look at them and appreciate them a little bit better. Like one half of that team is actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but the other half is kind of like, eh. Yeah. So. <laughs> All agree. right, time to play a fun little game on G.I. Joburg where the members of the panel try to guess which is the best half of the BF2K. Rob, do you have these guys <laughs> in front of your peepers or should I try and find an image? Uh, when, when did they come out? 1990. Uh, uh, 87. 87. 87. Oh, God, that was much earlier than I thought. Okay, I got, I got them. Yeah. And there's so what the am I... token DJ in 1989, late to the uh, party, rocking the tunes. But apparently we don't talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> yep, debuted and died in the same issue of the comic book. Oh, oh. Wah, wah. <laughs> I reckon Block has got to be one of the cooler, cooler ones. Oh, okay. I, Block I think is on the coolest? Cool. I think nice. so. Uh, uncoolest is probably going to be... Maverick. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> Flash really? Gordon. Maverick? Interesting. Yeah, yeah you yeah. open with Maverick instead of the baby poop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Let me stop putting words in your mouth. Rob, please continue. So, on the good list, we've got Blocker. On the bad list, we've got Maverick. Who else? I think Avalanche on the good list. Mm, uh, interesting. Oh, God, I don't know. The other ones all look terrible to me. Jeez, uh, so everyone else is on the shit list. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just it's just blocker. Two out of six. Two out of six are good. good. Well, so much Rob, bless you, man. You uh, you open my eyes every time. There's a there's always something <laughs> quite unique about your your appreciation of GI Joe. So you wouldn't you wouldn't put Dodger on the good list. That's interesting. Uh, I, I don't think so. Dodger's. He's not wearing enough clothes. <laughs> he needs more <laughs> clothes on to be a proper joke. Sunzard, Gunzard. <laughs> how is that futuristic? 
But uh, <laughs> okay, Dustin, put us out of our misery. How would you divide the BF2K into the good, the bad, and potentially the covered in baby shit? <laughs> yeah, blast, <laughs> last time I made that joke, blocker I and Dodger. Those those three are, are definitely above the other three. I do I do like Indeed. Avalanche, but he's just I think the silver boots something. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's uh, boots. Yeah, well, a little sci-fi too there. Robocop. Oh, yeah, yeah. I well, got two, two out of. Well, actually, I got, got one out of three. <laughs> well, I think. I mean, if I'm going to throw in my two cents, I think uh, Blocker, Dodger, and I can never remember the green guy's name. Blaster. 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 They they're definitely like a head above the rest, but a good sort of daywalker, and this surprised me. Like honestly, was. Um, old maverick like there's something about maverick that is very cool when you actually have it in hand i know it's very sci-fi but it kind of looks like he belongs in mask um mm. yeah yeah so like that kind of i don't know why but that just makes him cooler that made him cooler immediately like once i had him in hand and i was like oh this guy looks like he should be part of mask that blew me away and then dodger i think uh, i mean honestly Dodger's the best one of the lot and i think if blaster's color was a little bit because i can't stand that kind of green okay it just it kills me but if blaster was in a different color i think his sculpt would show off a bit better and uh yeah he would be able to redeem himself just a bit more but yeah like that's that's my take i won't even mention avalanche so other than just like how it just did that's literally the only bf2k figure i need and they've got one on a local site and i don't really want to pay money for it i'll be honest <laughs> <laughs> just wait for him to fall into your lap we have to of course before we finally put the battle to battle battle 2k battle force 2k uh guys down again um we have to talk, talk a little bit about their vehicles dustin do you have any interest in picking up their futuristic weapons platforms i i have uh i can never keep track of uh the names of them i have i have the snow one the Dominator, I believe. Dominator, the yeah. white one. Sorry, They're all white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, put my knowledge to the, the test. I suppose the chats are there to back us up if we screw up. <laughs> yeah, I've I've always had a... I remember when they came out originally, and I I begged my mom to get the uh, hovercraft. It was, it was like in the clearance section, and I was like, kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because when I got that home it had the the rear uh, tail section of it it was the same side so I could never have it put together it was like the two I think the two right pieces instead of a left and right shit but, buddy and you weren't know. that kind of consumer who immediately took it back to the store that's well, what it was on clearance mm. yeah I don't I don't hell. yeah I, I used it in some play scenarios, but yeah, it wasn't, was definitely not one of my favorites. Damn it. Well, I've never had any of the uh, BF2K vehicles other than <laughs> Paul. What have I got? Pulverizer. Gotta be the pulverizer. Because uh, which... <laughs> that was on sale here. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was sharing a lot of shelf space with the Fang 2. I just remember yeah. an old store that, that is now defunct called Dion's. Mm -hmm. And they had an entire wall of pulverizers and fang twos. 
course, I might be exaggerating. I was no, you're a not, young man no, at the time. No, you're not exaggerating. It's the same up here in Joburg. <laughs> and then you turn around and it was an entire wall of Darklands invaders and uh, what was it? the Radar Rat and the Devastator. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bob says the Vector is his favorite, that being that very same hovercraft, the, yeah. the Dustbuster. Uh, <laughs> so maybe there is merit for it, and maybe if you're not too scarred, Dustin, it's worth picking up if you can find it on the cheap. <laughs> yeah. Vector, not the jet. Again. Oh, sorry, Vector's the jet. My Vector's bad. the jet. Yeah, the Vindicator. The they, they both start with a V, man. Uh, <laughs> so the Vector, I, I wish, uh, you know, I love jets. And it really could have, it is the vehicle of the, the Battle Force 2000 that could most have done with an upscaling. It mm. seems like they all had to kind of be the same scale or the same size, I should say, in order to fit a similar price point. I mean, were they marketed at the same cost, each of these vehicles? Because uh, mm. that's the only explanation I could think of for it being this diminutive jet, because it instantly redeems uh, Maverick if you if you are putting him on the shit list, um, and it's it's a fascinating enough design, which as I say, just could have done with an enhancement to its size because then the cockpit wouldn't be chibified, and the gun turret wouldn't be chibified. Like these things look like they are out of scale with the rest of the fuselage of the craft. It's essentially it's just, G.I. Joe's Condor. It's uh, super yep. deformed, is what it is. So if yeah. you have, I suppose, a At soft spot for, yeah, mm -hmm. if you had, if you have a soft spot for things that are like a little dumpy, the vector is exactly that. But yeah, GI Joe can never do with uh, too many jets, I find, and too many jet drivers. Like even if you don't like the vector, like if you've got two Sky Strikers, Ace can't fly both of them. So boom, yeah. or two Conquests for that matter. Or oh, a conquest. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm kidding. I mean, you'd have in the cartoon, everybody could fly them. So, yeah, that's actually why I put shipwreck livery on one of my modern era sky strikers. <laughs> you love shipwreck. <laughs> and do, do you have the, the killer whale sticker on that one? I do. What? And I probably put it on upside down. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I'm pretty sure I put it on upside down because I think I showed you a picture or you saw it once, and you're like. You know the stickers upside down, and I'm like, I hate my life. <laughs> or wasn't it your C Ray? Like the C Ray has got a particularly confusing sticker that I think must have foxed a lot of kids back in the day, mm. because the C Ray's uh, sticker, or sort of ca ca character sticker or, or unique stencil um, design, is a is it a Mentor devil thing. ray, manta yeah, ray? It's a ray. But, yeah. but you're looking you're looking at it from beneath. So you're seeing its mouth. Um, so but you've got to have the tail section on on the bottom. So a lot of people flip that and put the, the tail yeah. curled up towards the top. Well, I didn't get to put my stickers on. So whoever put it on mine, it's upside down. Because when I'm looking at it, it's in the studio with me. When I'm looking at it, it looks like a goat's head. So I've kind of got like a <laughs> satanic T-ray. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't um, it take it you're not in favor with everyone being able to leap into a Sky Striker and take to the air? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You've got to have your dedicated jet jocks. But then you've got to have your dedicated backseat men and women. And then you've got to have your dedicated ground crew. And all of a sudden, you're kind of running out of characters. Yeah. So do you do a lot of kit bashing? I've always 
thought that there was like the the way that I've always sorted out things is is like pretty different, a lot closer to the comics, but it's even more specialized that like the characters like Ace and Wild Bill would be auxiliary members of the G.I. Joe team, not as special, not especially like the field operatives that would be the team. So they were always there. They were always connected, but they weren't especially members of the team. They were like more honorary, I guess, would be the way that they would function. So is G.I. Joe, strictly speaking, a bunch of like a strike team? Like they are... Yeah, that's the, the, I mean the shooters, as it were. With my understanding of the way that, that uh, the special operations groups function, that's the way that it is with them. So I've always kind of leaned more to that that direction anyway. Well, it would make a lot of sense because trying to populate a flag, for instance, with strictly speaking GI Joe naval personnel is problematic. <laughs> um, you know, you always look at all the the Sky Strikers on the deck and wonder, like, are all the pilots G.I. Joe members like Ace? Can't be, surely. Um, yeah. and, and are all the crewmen G.I. Joe members like Shipwreck? And they all have code names. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's a lot it, of it names starts, to remember. It starts becoming problematic. So, like, Dustin, it's the first I've ever heard of, like, taking canonic G.I. Joe characters and actually moving them to a kind of an auxiliary. But that is exactly how you'd kind of file these things in a realistic sense. Good yeah. on you, man. Yeah. 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 But we're here to talk a little bit about Cobra today, which uh, is something that Rob actually hit me back on the chest and he was like, finally a Cobra centric topic. Because <laughs> I suppose on G.I. Joe, we do tend to skew a little bit towards the good guys. No, absolutely. We are G.I. G.I. Joe, not Cobra. Burke, I suppose. But Cobra. <laughs> so <laughs> you're a, you're an individual in this this fantasy world of G.I. Joe versus Cobra, and you've decided to put your hand up. <laughs> Sorry. And, yeah, nice. G.I. Cobra, Cliff shoots back in the chats. Uh, I like it. We'll start a dedicated podcast. We'll change all our avatars and our background. And yeah, we'll have Cliff, a new battle made, cry. You've just made my job easier for later. So thank you. <laughs> really? <laughs> Do I take sarcasm? Anyways, no, gentlemen, no. you are you're an individual in this, this fantasy world. Uh, and you decide that you want to enlist in the ranks of Cobra. Dustin, what's your first move? Do these guys have recruiting offices in every city? Not offices, but I would imagine they'd have agents out scoping for people that would be good fit for their ideologies. Uh, How do but, you get noticed? Well, if, if you're looking for it... Uh, I don't know. I've never really thought about that so much. I, I like I said. I think it's more like the recruiters, like, like the way that in the in the states. I don't know. I don't know if you've had anything like that growing up in your country, but uh, in the states they have military recruiters coming to the schools, and we take the ASVAB tests, whether you have any interest in enlisting in the military or not, and uh, hmm. it's it would be 
I, I would think it would be similar to that, but not as overt. They would have to be obviously more covered. Yes. Or else I, the the jig would be up for Cobra. <laughs> I would like how I imagine it is, um, and this is for the listeners and, and viewers that haven't read the post or whatever. Like what I believe what happened with Cobra's inception or how they would incept new members is you would um you'd be down on your luck you would be like okay i've just lost my job or you're angry and uh you know you you maybe you join some kind of local community group that started up that's like oh okay here's a local community group that's going to help you find jobs or something and you join that and you put up all your things mm -hmm. and then you know you get like a small interview and whatever and then that would actually secretly be cobra um who would be looking for guys who are disgruntled and angry with the system um there would be things like motivational seminars so you'd go to like some motivational seminar one of your friends would come to you and be like oh i went to this motiv uh, motivational seminar and it's called um it's got the coil system or something and it's like really great and ever since i joined there i've been like doing real really well look at this i got like this really cool watch and this great car and everything and you're like okay well you know i've got both to pay and I'm, I'm already like past due on stuff so let me go and check it out whatever it's free and then you go there and you know like you, there's a whole social thing in the beginning where you know it's like cheese and wine whatever as people are talking and like yeah and then you've got members of cobra who are like sort of sussing you out on a personality level and they like earmark you and then what happens is you go into like a big hall and it's this whole like typical motivation thing and it's all like dream live conquer you know and it's like they start like the brainwashing process there and then what they probably would do is is like give everybody like a little task or something and then from how people react to, to the task they'll go okay well for everybody who like did this on the task we want you to leave with like you know mr johnson over here and we're going to go to like room a and then everybody who did this you're going to go to room b and basically room b they they say to them okay cool there's actually another one of these seminars and blah 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 we had, uh, we would love to see you there and and everything and then they tell them goodbye and then room a they're like wow we really like your go-getter attitude uh we've got this like training camp that you can come to it's like <laughs> it's actually kind of like a boot camp and what we do is we like you know and then they do they get them in and it's like this real like they start building on the brotherhood concept and they, and and they bring you in and, and then they bring you in like a cult and that's how i would imagine that cobra would do it they wouldn't necessarily overtly put up a post and go are you like join Cobra or whatever, they would like go, are you angry with the system? Um, you know, or here are the skills to beat the system. Check out our seven step program or whatever, and then get people like that because those people are already down on their luck. So they're already desperate. So they're already willing to, to sort of find themselves in here. And then once you find yourself in, in the boot camp and you're doing well and whatever, and then you, you know, you want to go in and you get, offered this program of like well they really loved how well you were performing physically and they think you've got some great skills would you like to come and live in the cobra complex or i wouldn't call it cobra complex but you would you know go to the the the, the complex the compound and then when you're in the compound oh that's when stuff starts happening that's when you start getting like trained um and and they start seeing like what your skills are and and that kind of thing and then they spe uh, specifically look at like if you've got a military background and all that kind of stuff. And that's how I feel Cobra would get you. That's how they would, would bring you in. Because you you like I said earlier, you're down on your luck. You you don't know where to turn. You you need a solution. And 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 I'm speaking to everybody out there 
who's listening to this who's who's been in a situation like that you know you you know we've all well failed uh, by the system yes we've all yeah. been failed by the system we've all been screwed out of a job we've all had to unfortunately deal with like the stress of you know keeping things going and yeah and and if somebody starts offering you a carrot or an opportunity then you get in there and and also it's like a it's a it's a weird statistic uh i was reading this a long time ago but it was it's about like jobs you know like about interviewing and whatever's for jobs and 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 that whole process and how 70 percent of jobs is referrals so it's actually people who like it's like a friend of a friend you know that refers you and then you go in for an interview and because you've been referred it's easier for you to get into a job i mean most people know this but but that's the thing that's like that's once again the system screws you because you could be like highly qualified you go in for all of these jobs but nobody's referred you or whatever and so you get a lot of doors slammed in your face and that's easy to take when you're still in a secure job and you're looking for something new that's really hard to process when you've got bills to pay mouths to feed and you're looking at yourself like a failure so i believe cobra preys heavily on vulnerability so anyway that's 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 what i think <laughs> all right so you've been approached by a recruiter you've gone through all these uh, meetings and seminars and eventually you get invited to a training compound rob where do you imagine these compounds exist how do they stay off the <laughs> radar of the, the authorities who would otherwise want to shut them down as these dangerous paramilitary um bases full of nuts and fanatics <laughs> sorry i was just reading bart's comment herber is free healthcare or a bullet to the head <laughs> nice uh, i imagine they'd be <laughs> they'd, they'd be quite off the path or they'd kind of like be um advertised as you know completely different things like um i suppose uh i suppose like, like self-defense training courses or like gun training courses um so you could probably be very out in the open or if mm. you're in you're invited to go to a foreign retreat even um in foreign countries it'll probably be a lot easier to kind of get unnoticed um, this is you know. my thing like yeah I, I mean all i can think of is like the isis model where you know we've all seen these kind of documentaries about uh, uh united states expats aussies brits all traveling to the middle east and and yeah. joining an isis training camp and kind of renouncing their citizenship and joining joining the struggle oh man but uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a lot easier to kind of get keep real going world. with the indoctrination. The bad boys. Yeah, so, and yeah. it's it's easier to go ahead with the indoctrination when you kind of completely separated from your previous um, support mechanisms like family and friends um, and other things that you're kind of used to. So the more separated you are from your normal life, the easier it is to <clears throat> the easier it is to kind of uh, kind of enforce new ways of of support. So your your support is the people around you. It's the new ideas that you you're incorporating. Um, so you would say that similar to like a radical organization like ISIS, um, a Cobra recruit is essentially like a pseudo orphan. You've severed ties with everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Where do you? Yeah, start I think so. I've read a number of incidents in the last few years about groups within. The military in the u.s that are are like connected to uh pay groups and things like that 
like what I've been seeing with within uh, just the, the United States in in the military forces, there are there are uh, groups within there that do recruiting, especially when those soldiers you know get out of the military and and enter into civilian life. For Cobra, I think it would probably suit their interests best to not have any of their training facilities within the United States. There is a lot of open territory within the States that they could probably get away with like some small scale stuff before they moved to a larger scale outside of the country. But I think for the most part for their own uh, safety, yeah, it your indoctrination to has to begin on domestic U.S. soil uh, in order to, you know, then make the leap to giving up everything in in, in aid of the cause. Well, although the, the cause time, in many respects is self-serving, like you believe that this is America's best shot and a new beginning. Yeah, but I I also see Cobra recruiting from like on a global scale, not just oh, of from, course, from yeah, the yeah. United States. Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, and, we only speak about the United States just because of the, the domestic U.S. experience. But yeah, absolutely. When I read the, the, the Cobra, the enemy file card, and it says various countries on the birthplace, absolutely. They've got their tentacles into everything. Um, and and there, I'm sure parts of the world where it's far easier to get recruits. People are just oh, like, yeah. I'll pick up a rifle for you just for a fucking hot meal, please. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. Um, Gaz in the in the chats uh, brought up a nice point. They could have fronts like a private security firm. That makes a lot uh, of sense. Look, yeah. if we're talking about veterans, like people who've actually come back from conflict and are now using their accrued skills to work in private security, absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure they have a a, a specific um, a kind of path to Cobra because they probably get employed as non-Cobra personnel um, by a kind of a shell company. Yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know, just a... Obco security. Uh, Obco or like an affiliate ah. of Mars or extensive enterprises. And and eventually like they they kind of, it, it's seen as a kind of they're, they're progressing into a, a better job almost. It's like, yeah, I hope I make the, 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 the selection for the, the new team. And I'm going to bring out something a little bit dark now, just with regards to that. I mean, there's the private. Hey man, we're talking about recruitment to a, like a, a fictional terrorist, terrorist organization. <laughs> no, of course, of course. But I mean, and this is, uh, but it is relatable, you know. And that's <clears throat> that's the scary thing about something like Cobra, and 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 this is my head canon. I I believe that like Cobra are are, ex are exceptionally nefarious. Like they they just know how to work things and they've insinuated themselves into many different like sort of systems and um just going with the private security thing i mean if i look in south africa and 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 knowing people uh that have gone through this you know a lot of uh south african military vets uh you know sort of post um democratic change and post new south africa and all that stuff uh you know they they started finding themselves in a they were very not so happy about that there was a, there was a huge group of people in our military that for example weren't happy about the changeover and things and a lot of those guys went on to go and start their own private military 
you know, firms and things like that. And and obviously they were, they were clearly put on watch lists and whatever. But a lot of those people were actually trained or brought in to train as as training specialists. I wouldn't be surprised if what Cobra does is they they get bets, especially from a country like you know, that's gone through a, a huge conflict and maybe even a huge political change. <clears throat> and they go, well, you know, you guys have been abandoned by your country now, but you've got all of these skills. Let's, uh, please, can you help train my security teams? Please, can you help train uh, the small unit that I use to protect my, you know, uh, grain compound that I've got somewhere in South, Amer- South America or whatever. And so what these guys do is they, they get brought in and they don't realize that what they're actually doing is they're training the new recruits and they are being auditioned. And then, you know, before they know it, they, they get given an, a uniform as well. And, you know, because they've got the training already, so they get given the uniform and they get told, okay, well, listen, uh, you've actually just been auditioning. There are four other security specialists that you are actually going up against. Uh, if you get it, this is how much we're going to pay you and, and all this good stuff. And then, yeah, then it gets quite brutal because, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they put these guys into the Coliseum of Sport, <laughs> you know. Um, but, like, I'm, I'm being a bit cute now with that. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure they do put them up against each other in that respect because it's a good way to, to get the best of the best and, um, and to get angry people and just keep them angry and keep them mean. I also wouldn't be surprised if... Cobra sells, uh, there was another mention here in the um, chat box about timeshare and pyramid schemes. Uh, pyramid schemes, I'm pretty sure Cobra would use pyramid schemes. I, I think extensive enterprises builds a lot of uh, pyramid schemes to, to get financing and things like that and to get uh, people into Cobra corporate. That makes sense. Look, if the cartoon, <laughs> or if, sorry, if the comic book is your canon, uh, then the Cobra organization started out as a pyramid scheme. I mean, mm. Cobra Commander yeah. is not a military leader. He is a huckster, a wheeler dealer, a, you know, you can have it all with a minimal amount of education and effort. You just have to dedicate yourself to selling these and recruiting people and building your team and then selling more and, you know, For your moving your way up to the top of the pyramid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great little mention in the chat of the... Uh, movie campaign that uh, was it Rise of Cobra or was it Retaliation? But I think it was Retaliation, it was, wasn't it? I think it was Retaliation too because I seem to remember like images yeah, of the, the White House yeah. with the Cobra flags and stuff. Up. Yeah, and mm. and the Cobra army looking quite conventional, nothing as outlandish as the mirror faces and the jack boots. They were all wearing like blue camo. With the black helmets yeah and it looked like you know this this looked like an armed forces of the world like albeit very very well dressed certainly um meeting hollywood specifications <laughs> but but you know they looked svelte and, and and cool and absolutely like it was pitched as a very idealistic recruiting campaign and rightfully so in the chats cliff says that when he saw it it looked like they actually were trying to recruit it seemed yeah. like a legit yeah. recruitment drive mm. until the trailer came out so you know obviously in the states and i see it a lot here in australia like hugely well shot um motivational recruitment commercials showing people jumping out of planes and flying helicopters and like mm. uh, driving tanks and like you know doing an infantry patrol with like night vision goggles like 
wonderfully shot, looks like it, it comes from a Hollywood uh, feature film. But of course, you got the tagline at the end, like, be the best that you can be or uh, go army or w- whatever the slogan of the time was. Uh, that would kind of be the chaser. But, you know, the retaliation ad campaign did fit in with that. Mm. Very convincing, very chilling stuff. Those America's Army um, ads on the back of comics and in uh, Wizard Magazine and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if you guys recall those. Yeah, they always had like dudes like rappelling down uh, out of helicopters and stuff. Looked really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Dustin, you you mentioned that uh, there were recruiters like you know you you were kind of getting bombarded with it in in high school. Certainly not in the developing world. Like back in SA, I mean, our army was pretty reasonable for the size, uh, the scale of economy that South Africa had. Uh, I do believe it's it is backslid somewhat uh, yeah. to the point where it, it's a little bit of a joke. If you did have did have aspirations of being in an armed forces, uh, you'd probably do well to to try and enlist in any other part of the world, and get get citizenship, and, and be in in another country's uh, military. But here in Australia, whoa, like it's it's very popular. Uh, yeah. I I live in an army town. Like you joke that Townsville, you either work in the hospital because there's a very major uh, ter- tertiary hospital here. Um, or you work in the army because there's a big base, there's a RAAF um, unit here as well. The air force is here. Uh, we've got <laughs> Chinooks and Blackhawks buzzing us every day. Um, F-18s often enough as well. Um, and I saw like an amphibious, a, a trio of amphibious personnel carriers just the other day, like moving along the highway. Like what? So yeah, we we definitely are inundated with military personnel, and it does feel like there's a strong sense of like, yeah, anything that you're good at, anything that you can do, any kind of skill that you feel that you have, we can find a job for you to do that in the army. That's that's yeah. the kind of the Aussie slogan. Yeah, oh, and, cool. And that that's the way that's the way the military is. A lot of people don't realize that you that when you enlist, you have a job. Like you go through basic training, but then you go on after basic to train for whatever your job was like me i was a mechanic so but there's cooks there's you know anything what a purification. damn it yeah 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 <laughs> yeah Trump Trump well. is. And, and that's a job uh that interestingly enough is kind of if you don't have something like that in your unit it's kind of like given to somebody to do because we had we had an incident where we were on the uh i was first unit i was in was an engineer unit and we went to uh i was at fort hood in texas we went to the uh southern border along mexico to improve roads for the border patrols and we had they they had one of our supply sergeants do the water purification and it tasted like straight chlorine Oh, shame. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Well, at least it won't kill you. Yeah. So, <laughs> getting back to our hypothetical, uh, you've been going through all these tiers of recruitment, and ultimately, you make the, take the plunge. You uh, fly off to a base that is ostensibly Cobra. Like you, you, the, you view it as an achievement, but uh, it really is. You know, it's offshore. It's somewhere where 
the United States or, or any kind of interested military uh, faction can't easily penetrate. So it's in a kind of a maybe a terrorist state, which just loves to have foreign forces training, uh, you know, militants and, and, and troublemakers training on their soil. And you rock up and what color uniform do they give you? <laughs> we finally found our way back to it. Uh, let's go. Let's go. In my favorite order. Rob first. I'm going to prod you for a, for a response. I think, what what would I end up as in, in a Cobra unit? I mean, I, I don't find myself too terribly um, bloodthirsty, I guess. So I wouldn't be out there, like, killing people. I suppose more of a support role. Um, so I suppose either purple or uh, what what color are Tele Vipers? They're also purple, purple, aren't they? Oh, they're dark blue, well, yeah. Purple. I'd end up being purple, I guess. <laughs> out there fixing so, shit, making sure people can keep killing other people. <laughs> so do you think, like, when you get there, after you've done everything, like, you've you've just arrived now and you, you're still, like, green, you're still an appy, mm. do you think they would just give you, like, a purple jumpsuit to run around with? I guess not. I think probably you'd... you'd I mean, if I remember from the file cards, you, you all end up starting out as vipers. Um, you know, you're the, the, you're the ground pounders. Um, and once you've proven yourself there, you can kind of move on to more specialized units. So I actually guess, I mean, mandatorily, you, we would all start out as blue. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I think, and I'm sorry, I'm reaching, I'm going to reach now into the sort of the SS and stuff and the Nazis and all that. When they started uh, introducing the sort of, and please correct me if there's anybody here who knows more about this than I do, I'm always willing to learn. But as far as I know, when you joined up as a junior, uh, a Nazi youth member, um, you got your khakis. I think they gave you like khakis, but then you had a, an armband, and like that made you feel special. And it was like uh, I remember reading something about how that was like a very big thing was to have your your little, you know, horrible little swastika armband on you. And you're part of the Nazi youth, and and not everybody in there wanted to be a Nazi youth league member. You know, some of them were just like, oh, okay, their parents told them to do it, and blah 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 blah. Um, so they had that, and that became like a point of pride. And so what that got me thinking about with Cobra, because I do draw certain parallels between that, just because, you know, in our history, the Nazis do represent that kind of uh, military force. So should I say? There's a lot of uh, there's a huge, there's a microscope on 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 how they did a lot of that a lot of their recruitment procedures and all that kind of stuff because of what happened in history blah blah blah. So I imagine you come into the Cobra base and you you get given your little blue outfit and this is also based on something from a documentary called The Vow, uh, which is actually now available on oh it's on Showmax for us but it is out there. It's called The Vow. It's about the next or the next cult and whatever. Anyway. They have sashes and stuff. Anyway, so what happens is you join, you get your little uniform. And at first you're kind of like, this little uniform is kind of dumb, but you're like, okay, I'm cool. I'm in the program or whatever. You get your little uniform. And then you're like, you know, you're with 50 other people. So they've also got the uniform. So you think that's cool and blah, blah, blah. And as you like perform well in your tasks, you get like a little armband. You know, it's either red or yellow, I imagine, or something that stands out. And you don't have a nice face mask. You don't have a cool helmet. You don't have any of that stuff. You just literally stand out the whole time. And I think that's what happens. I think you get this really basic outfit so that you stand out. Like even like if somebody's on a balcony shouting at everybody, 
they can see, oh, those are the, the newbies, you know, and everybody can see that they're the newbies. And, and then those little newbies, they form this, this um, group mentality of like... But what color what? is it, Paul? Because I need to coordinate my accessories, okay? <laughs> it's blue. It's blue. It'll be like, it'll be blue. It'll be blue for uniformity because I imagine that you're going to be the same blue as Cobra Trooper Blue. So that ah. you feel like, yeah, so that you, you feel like you're part of them. Like you, you're going to get there. You're like one step away from being a full-on Cobra Trooper. You know what I mean? Like, it's and then you go incentivized so you would have something to work toward you would have you would start out with what pretty much what everybody else has but you would you would be just different enough that you would have the incentive to work harder to try to get what looks better that you that doesn't display that you're like the new guy that doesn't know anything that you have a little bit more experience and technical skill yeah I've been thinking that it would it would come down to the colors of the masks most most likely I would think. I also think okay. it would be what black or red or something else. I really couldn't say because there, <laughs> there's there's been so many different types and I I was actually like when I was wondering about it I I was looking for something that would be unique to stand out that would make it obvious that you were like new. And, and and in my mind, I keep I keep going back to this funny little thing where you would have like a uh, like a high visibility reflective vest, which oh, they they have when you're when you're in training in the military, you have to wear those a lot. <laughs> which I wonder I, why. I I I it just it grated on my nerves anytime because I originally got out of the army in 1998, and then I I reenlisted in 2001. And during that time, they somebody somewhere high up decided that soldiers need to be wearing these uh, reflective. They're kind of like they were kind of like a sash. It was like a belt, but it was you wore it like a sash, and it just it irritated the hell out of me, especially when you're doing PT with that thing. And it's like it's like this plastic belt, and it's like cutting into your neck and stuff, and it just looks stupid as hell anyway yep and you feel like an idiot and you feel exposed and everybody can tell you the new guy yeah. and it works against your ego that's exactly why i think they would be that's exactly why, where i'm coming from with the with the uniform thing and you know that that that's probably some uh, military brass that has instituted this like bandolier thing because of an unfortunate osprey incident where you know an Os osprey was like you know landed or a touchdown on top of a trooper because it didn't see him you know like i'm well, joking but there 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 actually were incidents where uh especially because you get up at six in the morning at certain times of the year the sun isn't up yet and you have all these soldiers around the base running around but you have all these people driving their cars going to do their other things that aren't specifically in training we actually had uh an incident where uh a guy was actually we were all we were all going to assemble PT, and uh, he was hit and killed by our chaplain in the morning. Oh, no. yeah! Say your prayers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Very very unfortunate, but that that was I mean that was again that was before the these uh, reflective belts were being implemented throughout the army. Wow. Safety first, yo. Somebody in the comments. Uh, that's somebody being uh, Ryan. <laughs> just mentioned they have a magic sorting hood 
and you would be assigned to a house. <laughs> That's so great. So you have a bunch of like Cobra troopers running around going, are you, are you a Slytherin? <laughs> all right. Gentlemen. It's a Harry Potter reference, Stephen. <laughs> oh, all right. You know, you know what? I have now watched all the Harry Potter films. Finally. Oh, I'm yes. sorry. I know, right? Uh, You're forced. Kim, Kim wore me down eventually. Oh, so but cool, also, though. they were on TV. It was during a lockdown. Come on. What are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Yeah. Um, I think uh, Hermione, Emma, whatever, she, she had really stinky acting to begin with. Now, now child, <laughs> child actors are that tricky thing. But she was really chewing the scenery. If you watch her in the early films, it's hilarious. It, like the guys, the, the guys typically like play things a little bit more well for camera, <laughs> shall we say? Whereas uh, Hermione's playing it for a, I suppose a one and a half thousand seater venue. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty also, big. But I mean, in the uh, and let's not get too deep in Harry Potter. But in in Hermione uh, in her defense. Hermione is actually an overachiever, so she would, she is that person that needs to like assert herself quite heavily. So Watch those early appearances again, and uh, I, I hope, oh, no. I hope I've Hermione actually apologist. given you my, yeah, no, I hope, if, I hope I've given everyone listening to this uh, my bug when it comes to what is her name, the actress Emma. Tom, uh, uh, I was going to say Emma Tom Watson. <laughs> Emma Watson, Watson, yeah. Emma Watson's performance, and uh, I'm sure she's a wonderful actress now, uh, I'll bet. But in those early days, I got the f- distinct feeling like she had a very enthusiastic mother or drama coach just off screen <laughs> who had kind of rehearsed the scenes with her. And the poor director of Harry Potter, of these films, who had a massive budget to juggle and a lot of expectation, didn't have the time to tell her to just just turn it down turn a little bit, kid. Out. Yeah, you're at an 11. <laughs> we need you at a 2 because the camera is three inches from your nose. So, like, just just calm down, kid. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit OTT. But anyways, uh, enough anyway. of that diversion. Uh, to round out this topic, gentlemen, it's time. It's time to give us your fantasy assignment within the Cobra Rex. You don't have to base this in reality as in like, I do this in real life, so I want to do this in Cobra. No, just rip the roof off. You can base this on anything, whether you Rob. like the <laughs> uniforms that the Frag Vipers wear or think that the Night Viper has a particularly cool rifle. Whatever your fantasy uh, considerations are, let's have them. What Viper That's- do you envision yourself being? I think definitely a night viper. I, I like I like the the aesthetic, like the idea of being able to sneak up and kill people from a distance. Um, and working at night, I mean, that's just too cool. Sneaking up on someone they don't know you're there, and you take them down. That that's pretty intense. In all fairness, Rob, like I I always find it so really difficult to believe that the night vipers work at range, <clears throat> and that's just it's purely based on the toy. Okay, I'm not looking at the file card here. Because if you look at that gun, I'm like, how does he shoot somebody at range with that? I think they actually melee people to death. They just, you know, 
with an, enormous, with an enormous Coke bottle of a lens sticking out of their faces. No, these guys are not close in. No, I know, I know. But it's just that that gun does look more like a bludgeoning sort of weapon. It's, it looks more it like a shotgun, yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's it's way too big. And it's, it's the barrel. But it's a cool enough. choice. And that's cool to know, Rob. It's nice to know that like you would go for for a night viper. Absolutely. And given given their sneakiness, perhaps you know they they are good at the sort of the mid ranges. So a weapon that's effective within like a hundred and fifty to three hundred meters, as opposed to a sniper weapon, which would be like, you know, kill you from a kilometer away. Sorry, everyone. I'm speaking metric because actually that's what they use in the United States military. So. Sorry, this is aimed at all the, 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 the former service men and women out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so definitely a night viper. Paul? Dustin, how about you, brother? Or oh, Dustin, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to be a Dustin. Uh. I, I would like to be a hydro viper, but Ooh. I am not a good swimmer. So well, go, you don't have to with... be. They'll they'll modify you, dude. They yeah. will make you into a good swimmer. They will make swimmer. you amphibious. Yeah, but I I still think I'd rather go with a rock viper just to get that sweet mustache. <laughs> <laughs> well, they like all I say, have to have the mustache. <laughs> yeah, you can base it on anything. Rock vipers and strato vipers. No. Oh no, it's not strato vipers. Uh, the condor arrow vipers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Those yeah, boys with their sweet sorrow mask. <laughs> 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 I, I I think eels uh, in their in the way that they were couched, uh, they're not necessarily just frogmen. They are hopefully um, the kind of the, the the branch that that is most mirrors the the seals. Yeah. So they just have yeah. cross training yeah. in everything. Like I'd love mm. to e equal parts be diver. And equal parts be like parachutist. Um, I just think that the eels—that's the ultimate man. You just, you, yeah, you are. Whatever situation arises, you have the training to deal with it. So those guys are—they're super hardcore. They're not compartmentalized and boxed in. Even though the figure kind of paints them in a corner, um, mm. you should be able to take the eel templates and like put them in a jungle camera. These are just like, yeah. Cobra's most uh, pliable troop. That and the fact that I also I do love diving and I do love falling out of an airplane. So, <laughs> um, I suppose that leaves me now. Hey, yeah, man, cool. Uh, I wish I could say I had the balls to be an eels, uh, and I and I've said this with all honesty. I mean, if you read up this file card for the snow serpents and the eels and what they go through to be eels. That scares the crap out of me. Like, there's a part of me that's like, oh, wow, I really wish I could be like that hardcore. But to be honest with myself, I know I can't be. Like, sadly, <laughs> yeah, I would be the Baroness, but... <laughs> but, um, but, in, uh, but I think the, the, the branch I would feel the most comfortable with and probably enjoy the most is actually an Alley Viper. We, let's just imagine we're all bad people, okay? And we are now in Cobra. Because... <clears throat> an alley viper is just not a good thing. An alley viper is a shock trooper. They come in and they just call shit. Like, they're not good. They're not nice, but it just sounds like a fun job. Just smashing down doors, rappelling from helicopters, you know, marching up and down the street, you know, shooting 
Joe's. <laughs> it sounds like a hell of a good time. <laughs> and you get a cool outfit and you get the grappling hook and you get really cool stuff. Heavy shield. Man, oh man. Yeah, that shield, but you get like a cool like machine gun to go with it. Oh man, it's it looks like a dream job. I mean, they're, that's they're, awesome. They're kind of like a high visibility <laughs> Batman. <clears throat> exactly, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and that's the other thing. I think it's just because of my love for like, you know, Gundam and then also the old like sort of World War aces. You know, they they in Gundam like the aces tend to be very brightly colored. So all the like Xeon, it uh, doesn't matter which Gundam you series you watch, all the aces like to wear really bright colors because they like to draw attention to themselves so that they can because they they're skilled enough for the skirmish so that the support guys can actually flank and do what they need to do. And I love that idea about the alley vipers as well. Like they high visibility. Um, and so all eyes are on them and they're just there. They're just the mofos. They're like, ah, you know, you know pop this open and blow. If that memory serves, they have a pretty bizarre and hardcore, like final uh, exam. They have to take a, a, a burst of machine gun fire into the, the body armor. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Which is like a typical Sunday night in like what Alabama, whatever. <laughs> you know? like, I mean and, and in South Africa, I mean that's what guys are doing in Kempton Park every second Sunday. You know, they're like, oh good. And then I got some surplus body armor. Wanna see if it's any oh. good? Let's go shoot up a Florentino. You know, like but whatever. You know, like Look, this is just this is just this is just the whimsy of the writing of the time because yeah. Dustin, if memory serves once again, the rock vipers have to make a five hundred foot drop with only two hundred feet of rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fall the other two hundred and fifty feet and pray. Yeah. When you just kinda like becoming like a human snowball. Just, <laughs> just hope you got that wily e. coyote luck. Just don't look down, you won't fall. <laughs> you know, plaster like, viper. Yeah, you, know, you find yourself, you run off a cliff, and as long as you don't look down and you don't acknowledge that you are defying the laws of physics, you'll be okay. So. I did. I did a little bit of uh, of rock climbing when I was younger, and I did fall a good deal. Like it was all it was all free. I didn't have I, we weren't repelling or using ropes or anything. For some reason I park, man. Uh no, I was stupid, but I was out in the middle of nowhere and like all of a sudden I was I was with my uh I can't remember who I was with, but all of a sudden there were a bunch of other guys that I knew from school were it, we were like like 40 miles away from the area where we're from and they just happened to be in the same spot. And we ended up running around playing uh, it tag. And I like took this really stupid chance of like trying to jump across this open crevasse. And I just missed the other side. And I slid down probably about 30 feet, but I did I slide. So I, so I was good. I landed and I was like, holy shit. And then nothing like, smells like almonds. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's insane. You're yeah. hard, dude. I mean, yeah. like, okay, stupid always goes with, you know, hard. <laughs> but damn, that's insane. At least you could tell us a story. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and I was like, okay, I'm not it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. 
guys if you if you are interested sorry just in checking out some of the uh some of the references that i've mentioned in the whole cobra thing and and, and i know i'm laboring this but i just really love this and it's and it's a and it's a thing that i've thought about ever since i started getting cobra troopers um as modern era you know 25th anniversary and and uh retaliation rise of cobra etc etc you know you get the desert pack you get the arctic pack and then you know you got like a cobra trooper and a cobra officer and a cobra this and a cobra that and it all started like i, I started to try and figure out what is the ranking system and all that and that's where all of this thinking goes uh, comes from I've, so, I've gone into that same rabbit hole and it is it is very frustrating to try to sort it out definitely right and and the thing is like but it did put me on a path of getting into the head of cobra like you know not just like trying to go by the file cards but getting in my head cannon into it and and i've mentioned this on the show before but i've come up with this concept of the cobra black hearts which are uh, uh, like sort of the elite team of alley vipers and how they get to that point and one day i really hope i can shoot it properly or do something with that i think it could be quite fun i don't know if it should be a play motion or a comic or whatever but i'd love to do that one day but yeah, the references that I've been using for that has been, there's a series on Netflix um, that's about, it's called Top Secret, I believe. And it's all about a lot of the spy stuff um, and, and sort of clandestine and covert operations that were done by various countries and how they kill each other and all kinds of interesting stuff. Fascinating watching if you guys are into that kind of thing or would like to just bolster up your, your knowledge of tradecraft and things like that. So check that out. Um, various World War II documentaries because I find World War II fascinating uh, ever since history class. And then also uh, this um, TV series that's currently uh, out in the States called The Vow, which is about the, the next cult. And that's like, it, it ended up being like a sex cult. Um, and it was really, really hectic. I mean, the one girl from, it's two, two of the people from the Smallville TV series were actually part of that group. One of them was a very high ranking member. And she, I think she's gotten a life sentence now because of it. But it's fascinating and i think you should all check it out anyway just to educate yourselves because cults and stuff are super sneaky and i know we've spoken a lot about it but anyway those are my references and the last, yeah yeah there she goes yep and the last thing i'd like to ask is for you uh, you awesome humans in the in the comment section which branch of cobra would you like to be part of i know you're going to tell us anyway but i'd rather we ask the question um, because I would love to, to hear what people think they would like to be in Cobra. Um, Indeed. Know. So take to the comments section, wherever this YouTube video or podcast appears, and let us know. But if you'd like to send us an email <laughs> about anything, perhaps a future topic suggestion, if there's something you'd like discussed on G.I. Jobo, you can do it at a real South African hero at gmail.com. Or send us a voice note to that email address. Hey, fun, 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 because we might Hell just yeah. play it on the show. We love I that. I think already uh, Cliff answered uh, just going on looks alone. Sand Viper would be pretty cool. And Bart would, would, would love to be a Strata Viper. Um, Strata Viper, huh? Mm -hmm. What, is your dad the general or something? Like, you don't get <laughs> to fly those birds too easy. Like, you got to <laughs> know somebody, I'm sure. And Gaz sure Bart's connected. an eel. He's like eel, eels. Yeah, like for sure. Eel. I mean, eel and is really a good choice. I'd probably be more of a, a modern era night viper because the modern era night viper came with a rifle and a sniper yes. rifle. Yes, and a shotgun, as it were, and a, and a torch. 
Because yeah, and a machete. And a machete, yeah. Which, uh, yeah. And a not so great backpack, but we won't go into that. You can also come <laughs> in two flavors, Rob. You can either be a red or a green one. I'd be you a green one. Yeah, keep so, it classic. Keep it classic. And then, Justin, um, buddy, people uh, might be curious to know uh, a little bit more about you, man, and, and your content. How can they find your stuff? Well, the YouTube channel is just my name, Dustin Cordish. Um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter off and on as misanthropic git and <laughs> and i'm in the the joburg group and a bunch of other uh groups on facebook um i was going to ask has anybody checked out any of the videos 3d joe's put up yesterday with the bill Merkline papers that he's been going through and and uh preparing to put to auction is no, there, no, this I haven't is seen news that. to me, man. But then again, I have been asleep up until the recording of this podcast. <laughs> so if there I missed it, I missed out. Is this there a hot an, off the presses? Uh, I'm sure he'll put up more whenever. He's he's just uh, going through cataloging everything right now, I, I believe. But there is a, an interesting Renegades-related piece of work in there that referenced uh, what the hell was it? I think the, the name of the figure was Scarhead. And I've seen Dave Dorman had done artwork for that. That hmm. has it's been out for a while. I've seen it before. It looks uh the design was weird. I didn't realize it was supposed to be for uh one of the renegades. He was supposed to be another member of the renegades. He was listed as a Cobra prisoner that had escaped and he has this like kind of side ponytail on the one side of his head and he has like a big the rest of his head shaved and he has like a big massive scar on the other side of his head but he also has this um these manacles that are like linked to this huge ball with the cobra emblem on it and he was supposed to come with a black panther as a pet <laughs> wow but it's so extra <laughs> but it it was interesting because it looked like bill merkline had done a sculpt of that figure because he was paid for it there was a receipt in the papers paying him for doing that sculpt but i've never seen a sculpt of it i've just seen dave dorman's um artwork wow. so that that'd be interesting if that ever comes to light i don't believe it has at this point no, it sounds like a missile firing Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So, guys, it's really cool to know that there was another renegade that they didn't actually produce. Yeah, deep cuts. And uh, there's a suggestion in the comments by Cliff that it looks like maybe that formed the inspiration for Gristle's look. If mm. you recall Gristle from the Battle Corps or. I suppose he, he was yeah. loose, loosely yeah. attached to the, the DEF era, the Headhunters era. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nasty looking piece of work. Uh, they've just obviously lost the Cobra Prisoner angle, but kept the ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> Made him well, a 90s record producer. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. Thank you for bringing that to our, our attention, Dustin. That's some interesting sleuthing from you and from Carson. And oh man, Carson is doing incredible work. And to think that, like, you know, he doesn't get paid for this stuff. He's no, literally no. chronicling and preserving G.I. Joe uh, out of just, I suppose, what drives us all to, to keep up our involvement in this, this ancient toy line that we love so much. 
love. Yeah, exactly. The we just passion. got it. This is an innate need to do it. And I mean, with, with what Carson's doing, like, if he wasn't doing it, who would? Like, he, he does such a good job. Uh, I shudder to think, like, yeah, we, we're basically getting the premium treatment from that guy, yeah. historically. Like, he is probably the greatest chronicler uh, of our age these days. Yeah. So, salute 3D Joes. Thank you very much. Uh, and if you want to help them out, do. It, it certainly would be money well spent. Um, I think they do, they do have various funding um, avenues if you want to keep the lights burning for 3D and Joes. But if you'd like to uh, support uh, G.I. Joburg in our endeavors, uh, we would love that too. Of course, we'll keep doing everything that we do for free. But if you want to join the Patreon tribe, there will be some incentives and also our eternal gratitude. Join the, the details are on screen right now and obviously down in the, uh, the description to this podcast as well. And you can get some very cool merch as soon as the picture pops up. Uh, and there's a new shirt. It's our G.I. Joe Berg version 2 shirt or the 8-Bit uh, Berg shirt. It's got all three of our 8-Bit uh, G.I. Joe selves on the shirt. It's a very cool shirt if I do say so myself. And that's up there as well. And there's some cool new merch coming out in the next three, a few weeks. So keep an eye open for that. As a Patreon member, you get a discount code, which means you get all, all of your merch a bit cheaper. And... Mm. Um, on that and track. and you could wear an eel t-shirt or an eel version 2 t-shirt yeah or a snow serpent t-shirt so you just have all the flavors of the eels oh, yeah every eel inspired t-shirts yeah, yeah every yeah. single day you can have a giorgio uh inspired t-shirt all day every day and guys, I'm actually, and, and that's what I wanted to say, on the same track as that, in the comments, this is your moment, if you've got a chance. Please let me know which Viper you would like or which Cobra specialty you would like on a t-shirt. The, the most comments win uh, for the t-shirt design, and then I'll put that up there and try to do something fancy. Plus, I've got a second very awesome Zartan figure that I would, I mean, you know what they say, like, what's better than one Zartan figure? Two Zartan figures, but not really in my case. One Zartan classified figure is more than enough for me. Um, and I have a second one up for grabs. And uh, yeah, I want to... What I was thinking is, uh, if you guys need a classified Zartan in your collection, then what I want you to do is, I want you to take a picture of your Dreadnoughts or your favorite, or your collection of whether it be mod uh, modern era, vintage... Whatever's give me all your dreadnoughts in one great photo uh, together, and um, yeah, and then that will email it. Yeah, email it to us. The email is in the description below. It's uh, a real South African hero at gmail.com, but it is in the description below. I hope, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, please email your photos to me, and what I will do is uh, that will get you your entry. And then when we do the actual announcements for this competition, I'm going to show off your awesome Dreadnought collection. And, and hopefully there's a big gaping hole in it, which this classified Zartan will fill. And then He's I'll a giant! He's a giant! <laughs> and then I will do a random selection. So I'll use like a random... Uh, we'll do it on the show, on the podcast. We'll do a random selection uh, generator thing on, on Google. And yeah, and then I will take your name, 
and then I will contact you because you've emailed me. I'll contact you via email and then we'll set up your shipping because currently it is sitting at BBTS. It just needs to go somewhere. I haven't got it here in South Africa, which means that if you live in the States, you should get it within the week of winning it. Um, hey. and if you live internationally, I don't know how long it's going to take. Um, but anyway, yeah, send me them cool pictures of the Dreadnoughts, of your Dreadnought collection, all of your Zartans, all of your Dreadnoughts. Show me that you're the biggest Dreadnought fan in the world. And um, I know Zartans, I mean, some people debate it, but screw it. I'm, it says Dreadnoughts on, on Zartans box, so that's what I'm making the competition. So please label your email as uh, Zartan Classified Competition and then just attach your images to that with your name, uh, with your full name, please. And yeah, and then just your contact details in the email, just in case something goes funny. Okay. Darn, I guess I'm not going to win. Why not? Why can't you win? You can enter. It's random, <laughs> dude. <laughs> it's a random Inside job. <laughs> nah, dude. Like, it'll be randomized. So if you win it, you win Dreadnought it. Dreadnought collection. It's going to be an empty picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because Rob loves the Dreadnoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like yeah. to thank Dustin for joining us on episode 202. Thank you, Dustin. And You're welcome. See you next year, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make an annual thing of this. Okay. Uh, and if you don't mind leaving a like for this YouTube video, if you are indeed watching it on YouTube, that would be much appreciated. I always mean to say this up front, but I never do because I'm a creature of habit. And also, I don't pander for likes. God damn it. That's not my game. Well, Never if they made been. it this far, hopefully they will like it. Indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. If you have made it this far, surely. Surely you're here because you like us. So just, just hit the click. Click the hit. Hit the thumb. That one. Well, the thing. That one. You know, uh, you know what to thumbs do. Thumbs up. The snoot. The click. <laughs> and that's a wrap, gentlemen. Hell I yeah. guess there's one thing left to do. Say goodbye. Berg. Where can I exit? Berg. We just sounded like a bunch of cats in a police car. So. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike that like right about now. All right. I'm going to can the recording. Thank you, gentlemen. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye. Cheers. cheers.